This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. I am your host, Miriam Marston. And thank you once again for joining me as we continue to discover the marvelous plan that God has for the world. As the Catechism tells us, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in Himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make Him share in His own blessed life. So here we are, week after week, reflecting on this plan of sheer goodness. And this week, my guest tells her story of how she has responded to and participated in this plan. Pia de Leon is a member of the Filipino community here in the Archdiocese of Portland, and she has taken a very active role in mobilizing this community to be a strong witness of faith in our local church. I've mentioned the following passage before, but it seemed right to share it again, given my guest's dedication to serving the Filipino Catholic community. So back in 2021, Pope Francis celebrated a Mass marking the 500th anniversary of the evangelization of the Philippines. In his homily, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, 500 years have passed since the Christian message first arrived in the Philippines. You received the joy of the gospel, the good news that God so loved us that He gave His Son for us. And this joy is evident in your people. We see it in your eyes, on your faces, in your songs, and in your prayers, in the joy with which you bring your faith to other lands. I have often said that here in Rome, Filipino women are smugglers of faith, because wherever they go to work, they sow the faith. It is part of your genes, a blessed infectiousness that I urge you to preserve. Keep bringing the faith, the good news you received 500 years ago to others. In the footsteps of Mary and Joseph, for God loves to bring the joy of faith through humble, hidden, courageous, and persevering service. I know that this is the pastoral program of your church, a missionary commitment that involves everyone and reaches everyone. Never be discouraged as you walk this path. Never be afraid to proclaim the gospel, to serve and to love. With your joy, you will help people to say of the church, too, she so loved the world. Again, that is from Pope Francis, and I think it does a fine job of setting the stage for this episode. So please enjoy my conversation with Pia, and I'll be back with a brief word after the interview. Today, I am joined by Pia de Leon, who is an active member of the Filipino community in the Archdiocese of Portland. She's been serving the local church for many years, and Pia, it's really wonderful to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much, Miriam, for the invitation. Uh, it's wonderful to talk with you today. 
Awesome. Well, Pia, could you share a bit about where you grew up and just your experience of the Catholic faith in those earlier years? Um, I grew up in the Philippines. I was born and raised in the Philippines. And um, I could say I was born a Catholic. Um, the baptism was just a, a, a gateway, yeah. but actually I grew up in a very Catholic family, mm -hmm. Catholic uh, tradition, and in a very Catholic country. So yeah. uh, I didn't know any other way um, huh. yeah. uh, growing up. Uh, so that's how deep the Catholic faith is in me. So, wow. yeah. So not really knowing any other way. And and Pia, so you said the Philippines is primarily a, a Catholic country. Is that correct? Yeah, there awesome. are um, the country. Uh, we have about eighty-six percent of our population okay. uh, identified as Catholics. Okay. Now, of course, there are more people deeply involved uh, as Catholics, and okay. there are in name, but they still identify <laughs> as Catholics. Yeah. yeah. Now. Even though you were already surrounded by this Catholic culture growing up, Pia, were there any moments you can identify or seasons maybe in your life where you felt that your faith was going deeper? Are you able to kind of identify those chapters where God was maybe doing something new in your life? You know, I, I, I didn't used to think that there was something special going on in my life growing up. I thought it was very simple and um, not a lot of highlights, but it's when I became a little bit more reflective as a person that I realized God's hands in all of it, because uh, I think over time he's, he sent several role models yeah. that would introduce me or at least um, make a part of my being Catholic a little bit more, uh, uh, what do you call this, uh, more understandable mm, uh, okay. and more real. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, for example, my, my grandmother on my father's side used to take us early morning to go to church almost mm -hmm. every day when we lived with her. Uh, and then my Grandmother on my mother's side uh, was a member of the Catholic Women's League in the parish. So, you know, you you get to be introduced to these practices uh, yeah. as a young as a young person. Yeah. And then, even at school, I was always involved in in organizing something, you know, for the faith, whether it's a yeah. youth gathering or a play. Then I ended up also becoming um, the youngest member or one of the youngest members of the Manila Synod in, in the Archdiocese of Manila. Wow. So had that great experience of working with just the, you know, the greats of the Philippine Church uh, yeah. led by the late Cardinal Jaime Sin, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, he was a real um, pivotal, that, that was a pivotal time for me because mm. there was a moment in the synod when I, you know, my young self and, 
you know, not a theologian. And here I am trying to raise my hand to say something about, well, where is the faith? You know, I asked because everybody was quarreling and disagreeing about certain things. And I said, but where is the faith here? You know, and um, sure enough, Cardinal Sin stood up right after I spoke and said, you know, look at the faith of this young woman. And ever since that time, I took my my role in the church more seriously. And uh, it has been, you know, I still go back to it. You know, whenever there are doubts about, oh, women's voice in the church or, um, you know, not having an influence. Well, I don't only look to the saints who have done that, but I look to my own experience where, you know, a very influential person in the church actually acknowledged that faith and how important that was. But, and, and to listen to me as a young person, yeah. Who's, you know, normally you would be just, oh, patronized and say, right. yeah, okay, that's nice. But uh, so that was really very pivotal for me. And, uh, and oh. I can, can, I have to say that that's the one thing that actually keeps me going also that I, that I can, I can um, uh, share my voice and I can do things uh, within the church that will make a difference. So, what a beautiful memory! And, and Pia, when was that? Because I know we've heard you use the word synod, and because we're in the midst of a, a synod in the church right now, when was this synod in Manila? Uh, in 1979. Okay. So uh, Cardinal Sin really wanted to, you know, uh, review everything that we were doing, you know, from policies to pastoral responses. And so he he took on that that big uh, endeavor of gathering, Mm -hmm. you know, religious heads of the religious orders, the different bishops, priests. And then, of course, they had to have uh, youth representatives. And Mm -hmm. I happened to be uh, recommended by one of the bishops and I passed the interview and, and there I was. So I had to, I had to stop my semester to be able to, um, put everything, all my, my efforts and my whole focus on, on the synod. And so that was a, that was some experience I had as a young person to be in, you know, um, to be part of, such a, an important uh, occasion for for the church in the Philippines because the Archdiocese of Manila is like the seat mm-hmm. of the church in the whole Philippines. Yeah. So whatever we do in the Archdiocese of Manila, it just trickles down to all of the course. other dioceses. Yeah. So now, uh, so it sounds like that was a pivotal moment as well. So since then, I know that Pia, you've been so active in this local church. I know, I think I originally crossed paths with you uh, just through uh, parish work when I was working at the Archdiocese. Um, mm-hmm. We recently served on uh, the Synod Committee together. So I, I know you've served in these different roles and capacities. Could you share a little bit what that life of ministry um, has looked like and been like and 
um, just why it's been important for you to carry on uh, just bringing your voice uh, to the church. Um, that is that's really interesting because I think everywhere I go, I'm sort of drawn to the church. Mm. So even when we lived in Japan from the Philippines back in 85, we um, I left the Philippines in 85 and lived in Japan for seven years. My, my life centered around the church and uh, we would organize the Filipinos there so that we'd go to church and, you know, we'd help the parish. And, uh, there was one parish with one American pastor <laughs> and so who spoke English. So for, for the foreign students, that was the place to be. Yeah. And, um, and then when I came here, um, at first, I did did not want to get involved. Um, it's like trying to be quiet. And <laughs> but then I just found myself volunteering for the youth group at St. Pius. And then one of the the director of faith formation there, a good friend of mine now, uh, said, "Oh, would you be willing to stuff bulletins?" You know, <laughs> I said, yeah. "Sure, why not?" And then it just you know it just grew and grew yeah. until. I realized um, where are the Filipinos in yeah in the whole you know for a, for a country that's so Catholic where are they here and how come yeah. I don't I don't really see them uh, I I would see them come to mass but it's like they disappear right away <laughs> and uh, so that was you know another another moment where I tried to dodge it Miriam I mean when when one of the one of the priests said, oh, well, why don't you do something about it? Well, I sort of dodged it because I didn't want to get involved, you know. I, and I didn't know a lot of people then hmm. here in Oregon. Uh, so it was going to be difficult. I was also feeling a little bit on the, you know, um, there's a certain, sometimes I would feel a little discriminated. And, hmm. and so... Um, I didn't really want to put my myself in the right. forefront, right. but um, after that, after that priest asked me, um, "What are you going to do about it?" it? It just haunted me, you know, for the next three months. And it's like every time I pray, that you know, the Holy Spirit saying, "Well, yeah, what are you going to do about it?" You yeah. know, and yeah. and and then here I was trying to to ask some of the people that I know, well, you know, maybe we should do something. Maybe we could mm. uh, provide a sense of community by tapping onto our faith. And, yeah. you know, the common denominators among all the people from the different organizations. Right. So what happened? I mean, it just was, um, and I can't say that that was my idea. I, I feel like the desire to do something was placed inside me and it just kept coming out and until you know you can't say no to the holy spirit anymore you just mm -hmm. you just have to and and to trust that mm -hmm. whatever happens with it you know it's not all you're doing you're, yeah. i just felt like I, even when when there were times when i would feel like oh this is not maybe this is not going to go anywhere you know, there were a lot of detractors and a lot of people, even among the Filipino community, who were who were sort of doubtful about uh, how 
how big the dream was. Uh, and uh, I told myself that this is not my dream alone. It's not. You know, and sure enough, the first mass that uh, we had was at St. Pius. We were expecting about 80 people. And we ended up with about 450 people. Wow, Pia. Wow. And there were only four of us who were organizing it. You know, we were the, we were the simple housewives <laughs> who were not considered leaders in, our, in the community. Wow. And, and yet, you know, as I, as I wandered through the hall uh, and saying hello to everybody, they kept saying, we should do this. We should do this. So we, the Lord opened again for us uh, the reason, a bigger reason, because there's a need. Uh, and and to this year, we celebrate our 25th anniversary, actually. Oh, so, of yeah. The, of the Filipino community. community. Yeah. Oh, wow. We've been doing the, we, we were just lucky that our, the, the first Filipino saint, was um, uh, were canonized. I think that was uh, two years before that or a year okay. before that. Yeah. And so what we did was we, we did the mass uh, on the feast day of San Lorenzo Ruiz. And from mm. ever since that time, we've been celebrating um, San Lorenzo Ruiz. So Today, this year is our 25th anniversary as a community. Wow. You know, we celebrated our 25th time wow. uh, having the mass uh, last year. And then now the, the community wow. itself is, we're, we're trying to highlight that and honor the community for all the great work that, you know, that they have done. So and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's very overwhelming when yeah. you see from four leaders to now just... <laughs> reaching out to more parishes in the diocese. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow, Pia, there's so much there. Uh, For those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Pia de Leon, who is an active leader really in the Filipino community in the archdiocese. And you've been serving, um, again, this local church for many years. And you put it so beautifully that that first of all, you could not dodge the call of the Holy Spirit, but also you recognized that this wasn't just your dream. This was God's dream. And mm-hmm. I know that uh, Pope Francis uses that language a lot. He, even in this experience of the synod, he's really asking us to sort of tap into what God is dreaming for our church. And it's really a similar language that you're using here. Um Pia, I, I, I have a number of questions and we only have so much time, but I'm, I'm curious, first of all, about this saint, this, uh, can, uh, it was Saint, Saint Lorenzo. San Lorenzo Ruiz. Okay. Uh, and when, when did he live? He, uh, he, he's been, let me see. It was, uh, I think in the 1600s. Okay. okay. Yeah. Awesome. So um, he was in canonized, I guess, about 26, 27 years ago then. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was actually martyred in Japan. Wow! So he was a he was a family man. He had a wife mm. and and children, and then um, he got accused of of a crime that he did not commit. And so the the priest that he was close to 
brought him to Japan to serve with them, but there was a lot of persecution then in mm. Japan. And he was asked to denounce uh, his faith to save his life. And then his famous line is, if, even if I had a thousand lives, I would always give, give that up uh, and not, uh, not give up on my faith. So, wow. yeah, it's a very That's inspiring powerful. story. Very powerful. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will look into it. And I hope our, our listeners as well um, will take mm-hmm. this opportunity to learn more about this mm-hmm. seat. Um, and how beautiful that the timing really connected with the start of this organized community that you helped mobilize in mm-hmm, the local church. Mm-hmm, Pia, was it primarily around one parish that you found yourself growing this community? Or has it kind of stretched across more of the local church trying to bring the community together? Yes. So we started with St. Pius mm-hmm. and Holy Trinity yeah. because I invited somebody from St. Pius and then she invited somebody from Holy Trinity and that person invited another person from Holy Trinity. So the four of us did it the first time. And then uh, we added more parishes by inviting people from those parishes to work with us. So we had St. Cecilia, we had St. Anthony actually in Tigard. And, uh, And then eventually after several more years, we said, we cannot just live and have this uh, this community survive in the West Side. Yeah. We have to grow it. We have to invite other people to, to be in mission with us. So we opened it up to Northeast Portland, uh, Southeast Portland, uh, Southwest. Now we were in the four quadrants. And... Um, and uh, we were meeting every month. We've been, you know, we usually have monthly meetings to plan the different activities. But San Lorenzo is, is really a, a great way of inviting people and different parishes because we move the San Lorenzo to different parishes every year. Uh, oh, in that the, the process, mass, the, the, to honor the, him, the mass. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So in that process, we're yeah. tapping on to certain people in those parishes, and then they get to develop leadership. So in the process, Miriam, we have actually developed leaders for the parishes because now they're involved in their own parishes. Uh, We never, we never asked for our own like national church Mm -hmm. um, because what we wanted to do was just celebrate every so often as a community. And then, um, take whatever we've learned in terms of leadership and organizing to our own communities, to our own parish communities. Uh, And so now we've reached the last count that we had was about um, uh, a combination of 50 uh, parishes, organizations and uh, associations that are, you know, mainly Filipinos, but most of them are parishes. So even if there's like, five families there, you are as important as another parish that has like 50 families, you know, 50 parish families. So in the process, they get to feel that sense of community, you know, uh, beyond their own local parish community. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually grown uh, and they have now become what makes me really happy and proud about the work that we've done is 
you know, now you see cate- Filipino catechists, you see business yeah. Filipino business managers, you see pastoral associates, uh, you see faith formation leaders. Uh, and when you go to masses, they're there now. They're on the altar serving. Um, and, and it's not anymore, you know, even in terms of ministries, they're, the, they're there. They're, you know, they're always present. So it's no longer the Filipino going in and out. Um, yeah, yeah. They stay and um, they help. So that's probably, the, to me, one of the... Uh, uh, things that make me really proud of the work that the community has done for the local church. So, uh, What I'm sensing is it comes from that spirit of simplicity and just saying yes. Yes. And allowing God to really do the work and the heavy lifting and, and just really letting God work through you. And I'm very inspired by that. And I hope our listeners will as yeah, well. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. Just a little, just a, a little thing, it, you yeah. know, um, a lot of people depend on resources, okay? Mm-hmm. And, um, but the Filipino, this community, we've operated for 25 years just relying on the grace of God and the re- generosity of the people because we've never had a bank account. We've never had uh, a fund. <laughs> uh, and we've done a lot of things one of them is is the filipino shrine at the grotto right Um, yeah Yeah. so um and that was that was an really a testimony to the unity of the filipinos whether they belong to a religious organization or an or a secular organization because everybody came together you know and now we have that testimony of you know to our faith as as a filipino people so yeah, um, uh, the Lord has worked on us. If, if I could say the Lord really has worked on us and he has guided us and he has really shown he, has, he is with us. And it, actually, that's a theme of our San Lorenzo this year, God with us wow. then and now. So, yeah. Oh, oh um, that is that's beautiful, Pia. Thank you so much for your time today. Just, I, I pray that God continue to bless you, your your beautiful ministry, and the, and the people that you serve and serve with. Uh, thank you so much, Pia. God bless you. Thank you so much, Miriam, for having me. Pia's question at the Synod when she asked, Where is the faith? reminded me powerfully of that line from the Gospel of Luke. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? My friends, this week, I would encourage you to consider that same question, where is the faith? And if you find places where faith is lacking, then please be that instrument that God uses to bring light and truth in that moment. Be the one to sow the seeds of faith in those places that need it the most. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to hear stories of what God is doing in our world today. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, Visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. 
Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.